there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hey there, this is Sherry Donson, and you are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. We're on episode number 34, and today we're going to talk about the holidays and how to get through them with ease and grace. If you have been trying to conceive for a while or you've had a loss, you're probably dreading the holidays. Really, they're kind of already here. Um, And Christmas doesn't really feel like usual. If you're in a country, I think most countries really are still partially in lockdown or fully in lockdown or or not promoting the kid-centric events that they used to or that we normally see at this time. And you might be really happy that there isn't that usual level of kid-centric craziness. But I'm guessing that if you've had a loss or you're experiencing infertility, you're still dreading the holidays, those weeks when you get together with family or friends and there's kids around and there's still commercials all over TV and they're marketing for the hottest toys for the year. There's still going to be all the Christmas morning posts all over social media and there's still that going home part and during the holiday dinners with your siblings and their children if you have siblings with children and you know they're all running around high on sugar and adrenaline. I used to absolutely dread the holidays when I was going through my losses and even before when I just hadn't we hadn't even tried yet but the focus was so heavy on my sister's kids and all the kids around me and it just felt like there was no place for just an adult on her own in the world of Christmas. It's such a family-oriented holiday and and all of it really left me feeling depressed and angry and hard done by. But I've come a long way since then. I don't feel that way at all anymore. And I'll start by saying that because there is there's lots of hope. And there's lots of choice and decisions that you can make. And I say that even as someone who doesn't have any children, my, my husband and I decided not to have children. Some of you may know that if you've been listening for a while and I love the holidays actually. So there's, there's hope you, you will love the holidays again. And I hope it's very soon because I'm going to give you some tips. 
I have some, some really solid tools for healing and allowing you to, to heal and they'll allow you to get into the spirit as well. So stick with me. My solutions might not be exactly what you expect. When I first sat down to, to write this, and this is actually a blog post from a while back and I've kind of updated and, and shifted it a bit. But what I really started to, to think about or write about was, was about avoiding kid-centric places like the shopping malls and staying off social media on Christmas morning and saying no to the events that you know are going to trigger you. But I caught myself. Those are the really obvious coping methods that you're probably already doing or tempted to do. And they're not actually the solutions that I stand for. Those are not solutions that actually promote healing. They just allow you to avoid your triggers. And I'd rather that you dig into your triggers. Triggers are, they point you to where you need to heal. And I want you to heal. So you need to know what those triggers are telling you. And I want you to be be able to feel good even when you're in a shopping mall full of kids or you're around all your pregnant friends or you're at home with your family and your siblings' kids. So I actually talk about triggers, uh, lots about triggers in episode number 17. If you want to go back and check that out, it's at sherryjohnson.ca slash 17. And I also have a free guide in that episode that you can download and I'll, I'll link to it in the show notes for this episode. Um, that's called the ultimate guide to healing from any trigger after a loss. And so this, the show notes can be found at sherryjohnson.ca slash 34. We're on episode number 34. So let's, let's talk a bit about the tools that I want to share with you today and so that, I mean, I would encourage you to go back to that, that guide, the, the guide to healing triggers, because that's really, there are so many triggers at Christmas time or holiday time. And, and that can really help you to resolve some of those and release them. But there's some other tools that I want to share with you today. So number one is finding gratitude. You've heard me talk about gratitude before. And I want to talk about it again in this context because it's so, so important. When you are in the mindset of gratitude, it's impossible to feel anything else. Gratitude just shuts down anger, irritation, sadness, pretty much all of those negative emotions. You can't be in those emotions all at the same time. So it's especially important to have a gratitude practice when you're grieving. Otherwise, it's it's so easy to just kind of sink down into that depression. And I promise you, you have more control over your emotions than you realize, and they will become more positive. Your emotions will become more positive when you start a gratitude practice. So some of the things that I find make it easier to find gratitude are not necessarily saying, what am I thankful for? Although that is a good way to start. But some of the other questions are things like, what can I appreciate in my life right now? What happened today that I can appreciate? 
who is in my life that I can appreciate or who in my life who in my life am I grateful for and and that will kind of get you out of the 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 I guess the practice of of using the same thing every single day so those are things that helped me to to start really kind of digging in and finding those the moments during the course of a day that I could be grateful for so that's number one find gratitude number two how can you be the giver so we spend a lot of time after a loss thinking about how we can get support and it's sometimes I certainly felt this way I I got a little resentful when I didn't get the support that I needed from the people that I thought should give it and I would ask you what if just for an hour or a day or whatever length of time you can imagine what if you changed your story so instead of being the woman who's grieving a loss and the woman who needs the support how can you become the giver to your friends and family or even to someone else outside of your family maybe it's somebody that you don't even know I spent some time with my book club gals uh, this year we sponsored a family in need and there are lots of them especially this year in the year of COVID when there's so many businesses shutting down and and so many um, so many people in need we sponsored a family and let me tell you it was one of the most rewarding things that I've done so I would ask you just for a moment, can you shift into a place of who can I serve? Could you be the listener to someone and, and just be there for whatever problem is in their life? And I know that can feel like maybe their problems are not as big as your own, but everyone has their own, their own story, their own problems their own issues and and comparing is going to put you in a place of negative emotions but if you can be in a place where how can you just be a listener or could you reach out to someone else you know of who could just use a friend could you write a holiday card or a note to someone you haven't seen in a while how can you shift your mindset from your own story to theirs and what could you do for them it will change your whole perspective and serving others actually helps you heal so even if it's reaching out to someone who's in the same situation as you over instagram or somebody you've you know you've seen on social media and just reaching out and saying hey i know how you feel that can be so healing for you as well as the person who gets the message So that's number two. How can you be the giver? Number three, can you look for the good intentions behind anything really? The holidays tend to be a more social time than usual and maybe it's not quite as social this year. But when you do go to a gathering, even if it's a small gathering of friends or family, you might want to be prepared to get asked about children. Because people that you haven't seen in a while, they tend to ask those questions. 
they want to know how you're doing. They want to know they're making conversations. Sometimes you're, you're going to have an aunt who you hardly see who will ask when you're having kids or a friend will give you advice or someone else random will give you advice. It's kind of inevitable. So instead of being hurt or angry by the questions and comments, which is our first reaction, could you look for the intention behind what they're saying? Could you look for, you know, most people aren't generally insensitive. They're, they're not trying to trigger you. They're not trying to hurt you. So is there a genuine intention for connection with you? Or is there a genuine desire to help you with just not knowing how to do that? So for example, the person who gives you advice usually genuinely wants to help you. No one wants to see you struggling. So they'll say or do anything that they believe might ease that pain. And that actually comes from the heart. The intention there is pure. So is there a way that you could when you are triggered by someone asking you a question that you feel is inappropriate or giving you advice that is unwanted, could you just for a moment take a breath and then choose again, choose to think about that differently, choose to look for the intention behind it. So that was number three. Can you look for the good intentions behind the words? Number four, can you be kind to yourself? Here's where I want you to be aware of your self-talk. And you might not even be aware that you're talking to yourself. I would encourage you to think about what you're telling yourself. So for many years, I, I sort of beat up on myself without really being aware of it. My mom would dote on my sister's children making them the priority and going overboard on gifts. And it made me feel like I had disappointed them for not giving them grandchildren. And next to my sister, I felt like I had less worth. I sort of bought into this story. I started telling myself that, that I was somehow worth less when I didn't have children. And that's so not true, by the way. I now can see that, that my mother certainly doesn't determine my worth. And the fact that I don't have children doesn't make me worth less than someone who does. So can you become aware of what you're telling yourself and check yourself? If, if those words are, are not positive ones, can you change them and show yourself the compassion that you deserve? Be kind to yourself. So that's number four. And then the last one, number five, can you change your expectations? So how you feel about the holidays is related to what you expect about the holidays. When we were kids, we expected Christmas to be all about us. It was fun. We'd get gifts. We got to eat more candy than usual. We created all kinds of memories about the traditions that our parents created for us. And society has created expectations for us. They've created this expectation that once you get married, Christmas becomes all about the children. 
And if you don't have kids and you keep buying into what society has decided that Christmas is all about, then you're bound to spend your childless holiday feeling really hard done by. That is certainly how I felt. But once I changed my expectations and I let go of all the this idea that I had to keep up traditions or create traditions that involve children, I I was able to change the way I felt about, about the holidays. I dropped this whole notion that I've got to put milk and cookies out by the fire on Christmas Eve and just let go of, of those traditions and those ideas that, that I would carry on those traditions with my own children. And now my husband and I actually love to spend Christmas Eve at home. We'll plan a special dinner. We'll maybe go a little, a little overboard and, and buy something special that we like to eat that we don't do very often. We'll get champagne and candlelight and we listen to music and talk in front of the fire. We watch my favorite movies, my holiday, favorite holiday movies, Love Actually, The Holiday. Those are two of my favorites. And we sleep in on Christmas morning. We're not up till two in the morning wrapping gifts for, for kids. We, you know, we go to bed when we want to and we wake up when we want to. We don't have the 5 a.m. wake up call from the three-year-old running into our room. So that is a time of year that I have come to cherish as much as I did when I was a, a child. So I would invite you to contemplate, to reflect upon the expectations that you have about the holidays and what can you change? What new traditions could you create for yourself and your partner? And how can you find joy in the holidays? So I would challenge you and, and ask you, which of these five tips are you willing to try? And it's the willingness that will make the difference. So if you're resisting, I would challenge you to ask yourself why you're resisting these. And could you say to yourself, I'm open to trying one of these, just one, one idea to make the holidays better for myself this year. And that willingness, that openness is what's going to crack you open just a tiny bit and let the light in and allow you to experience a little bit of that light and joy that comes with the holidays. And that is a wrap for this episode, episode number 34. And it's also a wrap on the podcast for 2020. This will be my last, as I mentioned in the beginning. I will be coming back in January, so watch for episodes starting again up in January. And I wanted to take just a moment to to reflect as I look back over the 33 episodes that came before this one. I really can't help but feeling grateful myself. Grateful for the beautiful women that I've met over social media for the most part and and these women who have shared their wisdom as a guest on my podcast. I'm grateful for the ideas that have come to me in various ways from various people. And, and I think the universe as well has put some ideas in my head. 
ideas for healing that became possible for me to share with you. And most importantly, I am grateful for you, for my listeners. It warms my heart each time I see that someone in need has discovered my podcast and I watch the numbers each week and it warms my heart each time I receive a note of thanks and I've received many of those over the course of the year um, from you, from my listeners telling me how much you resonated with something I said or just thanking me for what I do. And that is why I do what I do. It's why I keep doing what I do. So thank you for that. I really do wish you the very best for the holidays. I wish you a gentle and and kind Christmas this year or whatever holiday you are celebrating over the next few weeks. And I will look forward to coming back in January of 2021. Bye for now.